our podcast, Whatcha Tell My Daughter. Today you listen to the second episode of our podcast. How do I make sure my daughter is ideally situated at 35? We have all felt envy towards the pretty, successful, highly educated woman with the great position at the law firm. Is she happy? At 25? Probably. 10 years later, the numbers say probably not. Would you want your daughter to be her? That is the topic of our two-part episode. What is the ideal situation for a woman at 35, but also long-term? So, Hannah, why is this topic close to your heart? It, it really is. It's one of my pet peeves, as you, as you well know, because I have seen so many women with this raw primal pain of not being able to have kids when they when they want and not having that uh, that family life that they see that they could have and it's one of these pains that you uh, you can't get away from this really extreme suffering and uh, we're spending so much money on fertility treatments and so many years and that's just that's a hell that you don't want to get into and yeah, I, I see that these are things that we can, if we message girls differently, if we don't lie to them, that we can prevent a lot of these things. You said lie. What is like the biggest lie that you think you've been told? It's that you have all the time in the world. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Yep. And that you can do both. Those are the, the, the two lies that I don't want to tell Eliana. Like you can have it all and you have all yeah. the time in the world. Yeah. yeah. If you just uh, uh, set it up in a, in a 50-50 way with your husband, then you can, you can do both. And it, uh, it doesn't work out that way. Maybe we can also think about how we both were influenced growing up. Because yes, you um, are a bit further with your family planning or you already did it with three kids. We can say that. But we are from a, the same generation and we're growing up in, in Europe, not in the same country. But I think one thing that also influenced was the TV shows, right? And the press and the picture that was drawn for women as an aspiration, Right. When I, when I ask myself, how, how did we get here? I think about uh, the stuff that I used to watch when I, when I grew up. And those are the things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It was Gilmore mm -hmm. Girls, Ally McBeal, Desperate Housewives. And which one was it? Grace Anatomy, the doctors right. having affairs in right. hospitals. Excitement. we get those shows over here. Like that, yeah. That's what we watch as well. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. get the same messaging. And uh, what I took from those was become as independent as possible, mm -hmm. alone, mm -hmm. get a long university degree uh, that's uh, fancy and gives you status, and uh, give give up everything, work single-mindedly towards a career, for your career. And that men are just accessories. That Nice are, accessories, right? right? But, but yeah. rarely anything but just useful idiots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never thought that I could have what I have now in my husband. Yeah. That was not something that was uh, shown to me, at least through the media that I was watching. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> For um, me, it was also, you know, being sexy, look and behave young. Mm -hmm. Like youth is, is a very important thing. Mm -hmm. And that it's normal to spend $400 on a pair of shoes. 
absolutely it's actually necessary <laughs> i think of sex in the city carrie i mean i mean she listen she was a journalist writing one blog a week i mean we, there are tons of memes and stuff that point out that probably there was not a realistic picture when he got she definitely doesn't get all of her clothes in little like i do no <laughs> probably not probably not and also do not appear desperate and don't express your desire to have children too openly mm-hmm. right you shouldn't say that because mm-hmm. you're scared of men Yes. Yeah. We, we, we have to get back to that. In yeah. another, we have to get back to men. In, a, we just in another episode. Men and relationships into a completely different episode. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good. So we've talked about the messages that we have received. What are the messages that um, are out now? I'm not quite up to date, to be honest. Yeah, I did a, I did a little search. The best teen shows currently. And I saw that uh, it's, it's much the same what we mentioned but more extreme and it's a lot about identity and supernatural themes and mental health 13 reasons why was a huge hit and it uh, started off with a with a suicide and teens are very well informed about mental health it's it's very central to them and they wish to see that reflected in the shows that they watch but you see also this breakdown of uh, barriers social norms and you're not really allowed to say that something is right or something is wrong. It's, you cannot it, be judgmental, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. One virtue is to be non-judgmental and mm-hmm. that's seen as being tolerant and mm. accept, uh, accepting. accepting. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and, and uh, parents who set expectations and, or ask critical questions of the kids, they're painted as tyrannical, it's very black and white. And then you see a lot of broken families in these shows a lot of patchwork a lot of single parenthood and that's fine if it's uh, to show current situations uh, but what i react to is uh, when it's portrayed as the norm instead of uh, something that is a difficult way of life and something to steer clear of i Mm -hmm. I think we can say that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so so much about the tv shows nowadays (laughs) but we've talked about what we would have done differently or what what were the biggest lies that uh-huh. we think were told mm-hmm. and one you've said is you have all the time in the world which i can now very right. much relate but can you bit elaborate on that maybe yeah and I've, I've also spoken to to other to friends of mine who are also doctors and finished with the residency now and they totally agree with me on this now <clears throat> we wish we would have sat down at 18 or maybe even before and counted the years mm-hmm. right so i think uh, something to do differently is uh, at let's say 18 think 15 years ahead because after those 15 years that's when it gets very difficult to change course if you've done something wrong that's when you're a little bit stuck uh, and you have then very little time to correct your course so it's prudent to then sit down okay you want to become a doctor great that's going to take you first seven years of med school. And then depending on where you are, you want to do an internship uh, or something like that. Okay, then you're at least 25. If you have to do something again, then you'll be 26. Okay. And then you want to, you, you don't want to then settle down because you want to work a little bit. Exactly. You want to start mm-hmm. your residency. Mm-hmm. And then depending on which residency you choose, then let's call it six years. Yeah, then then you're into your 30s. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe me, finding a man during med school, is, it's not easy because your focus is somewhere else. 
And then maybe you're in bad relationships. And then when you're 30, you want to find a man. And maybe it's not the right one. Then you break up. I remember I came out of a bad relationship uh, at the end of med school. And then I was told, I, don't worry, you've all the time in the world. The average childbearing age in Oslo is 31. Relax. And uh, now that's even older, it's 31.5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I was like, that's, just, that's not true because I saw the unhappiness of women in their 30s who weren't able to settle down already then. So I'm very happy that I made the choices I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's easy not to. Yeah. It's a, it's a good point you're making because looking back, um, it's very interesting to see how quickly things changed from don't get pregnant to when do you have kids? Mm-hmm. Like for a woman, mm-hmm. this shift is rapidly, like all of a sudden it's here. It's brutal. And yeah, and of course the first sentiment is natural as we want to establish, as you said, a solid foundation and have a carefree youth and a good education. And I think so far, women and men are on the same path. But at some point, reality hits. And we women realize that there is actually Mm -hmm. a biological clock that starts ticking. That's Mm -hmm. a real thing. It's Mm -hmm. not made up. And it happens sooner than we think. That's when life, I think, changes for women. And it certainly did for me as well when I was all of a sudden confronted with that thought. So I think men just have more time for this process like at least in, in Switzerland, it is still the norm that men continue working 100%. So even if their life changes significantly when they become a dad, career-wise, they don't have to sacrifice right. that But much. be careful with that thought, huh? Because that's the road to resentment. It Resentment, yeah, but I just think that's why they don't have the similar thinking as we have in that age. Yeah, fair, and, fair and, enough. And we I don't are think, trapped by our biology. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think not all of the men realize that. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them do, but some of them don't. I, I've heard once the statement, you know, that a woman needs to put her career faster in place as men do because mm-hmm. they start to have those thoughts earlier. Than mm-hmm. men. I mean, I also have male friends. They say don't, they don't want to become a father in their 40s. Mm-hmm. So they don't have this biological clock mm-hmm. maybe as mm-hmm. we do. But they also don't want to become an old dad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so it's a bit... But it's a yeah. different, it's different kind of t- pressure. There's usually an age gap where mm-hmm. we usually go for older guys yeah. right, that have had that time mm-hmm. to say, oh, this, this really matters in life. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. At some point, it hits them as well. Right. Because <laughs> we, we date uh, either equal or up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so as I said, this reality check, I mm-hmm. felt it myself. And as we know, I don't, I don't have kids, but I'm much more focused on the becoming a mom question than I was like, let's say 10 years ago or even five years ago. So I haven't figured out where a woman should ideally be in her mid thirties. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm doing some things right. But I think there are so many questions to consider. The importance of the career, the desire to have children, the numbers of children you want to have. Right, that's uh, very... Because I had also friends, they wanted to have four kids. Mm-hmm. And now you start counting the years. Right. And see how feasible it is. And then, of course, in Switzerland, it's very common to work also part-time. So do you want to work part-time or full, full-time? What is the role of your partner in all of this? Don't forget about the husband. Yeah, or your, absolutely. Your partner. Yeah. 
So I think that's why we decided to do this in two parts, so that in the second part we get down to the different financial system and the, exactly. the laws and how that directly affects these these choices. And now we're merely talking about the what we were told, the lies, the the core mm-hmm. of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but but as I said, because I don't have kids, for me it's a very um, theoretical conversation yet of course i am mm-hmm. asking myself those questions but i haven't experienced it you have and you mm-hmm. had quite the an interesting experience i would say we could all learn from so why don't you share that what happened yeah. to you like i was always very career oriented very status oriented and i was always very certain that i wanted to study medicine or, or something like that and uh, i did everything everything you know on time you can say I didn't have to repeat or as I was I was early. Um so I was doing my residency uh, when I got married and then became pregnant. And I remember having a fight with my husband um when I was pregnant when we tried to decide about maternity leave. Because mm-hmm. that's very uh, up to the individual woman here in Switzerland. You get the four four months. Yeah. And then we wanted to take some extra. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were having a fight, and I was so angry with him because he didn't have to. He didn't have to make any of these considerations, and I did. And it was so unfair that I had to uh, halt. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. That I had to have that that break, and and that it was. There was not a nice. It was not a nice argument to have. So I took seven months. Um, in total, it was seven months. And it was just the most amazing time I've ever had. And I still miss it. Nothing was like that first time and the novelty of it. It was really, really precious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I started working again, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And uh, I I remember this like it was yesterday. I just I was in the bathroom a lot, looking at pictures and crying. Oh, fair enough. I was very hormonal. I was breastfeeding, <laughs> so a lot of the crying was due to that. Granted, uh, but um, I was working at an internal medicine ward at that time, and um, yeah, I was just I was so focused on everything that I was missing with her, and I was really scared. It was this particular fear that she would fall over and call some other woman's name instead of yours yes that mm. woman's name was Lara I hated her guts <laughs> and just this that she would fall and like Lara it was it came to me in my dreams and, and I remember the exact moment where I decided enough mm-hmm. this is not this is not how I'm going to do it mm-hmm. it was I was on my way to go pick Eliana up from the daycare and uh, I'd been doing the internal medicine uh, work for three months, four months already and it had gone from something that was very difficult for me. I was basically just interpreting EKGs all day and it's terrible. I think any doctor can commiserate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I had done, it was the in, in one day I had done all of them right and uh, I hadn't gotten any criticism from my uh, Oberarzt, which was amazing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'd uh, done this this whole round thing that you do. I'd, I'd been in charge of it and it was okay. Mm-hmm. No one had died. It was great. <laughs> no one had died. So then I was on my way and I remember thinking like, ah, you should feel different. I should feel 
happy about this. Like, mm-hmm. she did, did so well, and there was nothing was really happening, but mm-hmm. it used to give me all these sort of feelings. Like, mm-hmm. yay, go Hannah. Yeah. And uh, I went to the to go pick her up, and uh, Lara yeah. was there, <laughs> this woman. <laughs> and she told me, yeah, Eliana always smells so nice. Mm-hmm. And there was this explosion of warmth in my chest and sparkles. And I was just like, you! <laughs> She's the kid that always smells so yeah. nice. And that was just, yeah. and then I went out of there and I thought, hmm, that was that, 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 that feeling. I just got that feeling that yeah. I was missing before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, that's what, that's what gives me meaning now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I can do for her and how she is being perceived in the world. Yeah. That's my job mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and then, I mean, right. I, I know and, your personal uh, story because, so was, because now the difficult part comes, right? Conversation with your exactly. husband. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, I told you I'd get emotional yes. this episode. <laughs> anyway, so so I told my husband, you have to find a different job now because I'm quitting. So he didn't sleep for a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he managed. He did it. Um and since I was a doctor, that wasn't a, a small difference that he had to make up. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we really looked at our budget and uh, cut down i only started shopping in aldi and lidl right so it really was we then spent a third of what we were before when yeah. we didn't really care where we went shopping and uh, we stopped traveling we only went to see our family where we lived for free and um and uh, eliana was a different child mm-hmm. she really was she slept much more she didn't have these tired tantrums in the evening when that was the only time i had with her mm-hmm. right from from six to seven and anyone who has children knows that this is the most terrible as witching hour is called yes. witching and they're just hours. they're just horrible you just mm-hmm. want to get them in bed as fast as possible mm-hmm. and that was the time i then had with her mm-hmm. so that was my sample Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, we had a very different marital dynamic after that it was very clear I was in charge of this and he was in charge of that uh, and we didn't have any fights that we would have all these fights who wants to who goes to pick up the kid oh she's sick again she was sick every week gosh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, really just who who goes to to go shopping and it was all this sort of the tit for tat arguments and yeah. uh, and really just who does what it was a good 80% of all of our conversations yeah. mm-hmm. were about the weekly logistics mm-hmm. and then in the weekend we had to make up for all the time that we'd lost and it was just quality this and quality that and intentional this and yeah <laughs> it was it, it was exhausting for everyone right, but yeah. every person in the family was miserable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now because everything in the house is done when he's finished we don't have we have two hours just to ourselves where we just focus on each other in the evening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean to me it sounds like a huge relief right to have those clear roles in a partnership in the whole family um, and also i think you have much more time to spend with eliana Like in that case, then afterwards, yeah. two boys followed. So, but at that point, it was, it was Eliana. And I guess you can form a strong bond then with her. Right. And you don't have only those few hours. So all, all those positive sides to that. On the flip side, like having a flexible schedule and the ability to, to balance responsibilities is a huge perk. 
but we all know that the counter arguments to that are there as well. Mm-hmm. I've um, heard them all. Yeah. Bring them. Yeah. So financial aspects we will discuss Right, next we'll episode. Um, we, we don't. It's a huge issue. Exactly. And um, I've also heard from mothers who have returned from maternity leave that they felt bored. Mm-hmm. Now I've said it. Mm-hmm. They, they, they feel bored. So, what's your take yeah, on that? Yeah, that's what they tell me as well. God, I would be so bored. <sighs> and I say to that, that I'm sorry, it's an attitude issue. It's, I, I treat this as an administrative job. It's my job that my kids are socialized because they haven't been to daycare. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to make sure that we meet with the other kids so in so much time in the week and uh, that everything is done. And like I said, I want to have, I want to get everything done so that I have that time with my husband and that he can have uh, his time with the kids in the evening. That is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he doesn't come in the door and then immediately have to start doing stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I do laundry, I listen to podcasts and lectures and while the kids, uh, they play now by themselves very nicely. And then I do other things and I just make sure that I'm an intellect. I have intellectual uh, stimuli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have an office job to have that. Yeah. Really, really yeah. not. And you have to meet with people and be active and you can contribute to your community. Mm-hmm. And that I think has gotten lost, and it's sad. There's several ways to to be active in your community and be a resource mm-hmm. without having a paid uh, job and a career. Yeah. Again, financial arguments. Next episode, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I will shoot on mm-hmm. a con- counter arguments, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, we'll put you in the hot seat t- t- today. So I've met your kids. So I think one could say you might be just lucky with them. Right, I because I because um, with others, right. I've also heard that work can be a nice break from the kids, and it's yeah, they, I mean, moms they they yeah. are ashamed of saying that, but sometimes mm-hmm. they say, you know what, my it's kid is time. driving me nuts, mm-hmm. and it's actually quite a vacation to go to work. Yeah, absolutely, and I I've met those kids, so <laughs> I I agree with them. <laughs> So, but I, uh, but I'll tell you this: it's a very different child. The child that doesn't spend most of most of the week getting one tenth or one twelfth of the attention of a nineteen-year-old that works in the daycare, and the child that then comes home late in the evening and it's exhausted and misses you. It's it's not being its best self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you don't have that proper attachment. So so the the child has all of these attachment needs that mm-hmm. it needs to fill. So it's stressed. If they if you can't fill a child's attachment needs, it's in constant stress mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and it will misbehave negative attention is also attention mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and m- most m- most moms they parent with a lot of guilt yeah and guilt that that comes from from not being with the child as much as they know deep down that they want to they have to mm-hmm. they, they see that the child isn't getting everything that it needs and that will influence the way you discipline. It will influence how much you say no. Yeah. And yeah, it contributes a lot to the child you see. And then saying, 
oh, I wouldn't want that child around me all day, then of course this is the wrong comparison to make. The child that is is being taken care of by you all the time at home mm -hmm. and the child that has you two hours in the evening and on the weekend. Okay. So it's also then then you might tend to overcompensate a little and you don't set the boundaries or discipline your kid as you would if you were around them all the time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, next counter argument. When do kids grow older? What then? Because it's not always easy to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is, I think, the this is the best counter argument. And mm -hmm. in, in it's a fear I, I recognize. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I wished, wish the society would value motherhood more. Sadly, we don't. So that when you go back to work, it's seen as this empty hole in your CV. Yeah. Instead of uh, having contributed to mm -hmm. society by raising well-functioning, mentally healthy children. Not, not only that, I mean, you said also, you know, with, with society, I mean, I see many moms contributing to society much more now I said moms but I mean housewives or stay-at-home moms do all this unpaid work mm -hmm. for society that is just not seen and not valued right um so I think yes motherhood in itself for taking care of your own children but also giving back to society that should also be that should also count right Yeah, but also I don't like this term unpaid work. I see it as paid. I look at them. And I think 30 years ahead, when they sit around their table and they're grown up, and I know that they're going to thank me. That's my salary. Mm -hmm. You have to stop thinking that life ends at 30. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we, what I'm doing now is going to be repaid to me when I'm 70. And I'm dead certain of that. Yeah. One thing you've also mentioned once is, you know, that working moms are mm -hmm. incredibly efficient. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and my dad, he hired people for years. You know, he was the CEO and uh, he said he would only hire moms. Mm -hmm. They're just better at managing people. You know, if you wrangle the toddler, you'll know that. Yeah. It's you made <laughs> to deal with people differently. Yeah, they are, as I said, incredibly efficient. And I hear that a lot, that also during their working hours, they just get more done. They are super dedicated. They're very efficient. And as you said, yeah, the people think that comes in addition, mm -hmm. but also like their efficiency, you cannot just underestimate that. Absolutely. And I also think we're talking a lot about career and, and uh, growing, growing up, I also heard this all the time. And now I realize we're talking to so many people, having had so many patients, that most people have jobs. They have to feed their families and do whatever else they want to do in life. Not not careers. So it's a little bit mis misleading. When we claim most people that have jobs, then this also does not take such an important role in their life, right? So they go to work, they do their eight and a half hours as you do in Switzerland, they go home and then the priority lies somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think from from when you're 20, something is very much a career. And then by the time 40, 45, that, mm, I think that it transitions then slowly over mm -hmm. to becoming a job. Yeah. 
And you better have had then the other things that you want in place. Because at 40, if you're a woman, it's very hard to catch up then with the other things. But um, and now I tell, so I have this friend and uh, we were always at the same point in our in our education and when, when we're doing our residency. And so mm-hmm. she she chose not to have kids. And uh, we're at the, she's now, it's very fancy. She's uh, in charge of a hospital ward. Mm -hmm. So good title and four residents under her and psychologists and social workers. And so she can tell a lot of people what to do. Like Uh, she's seen as successful, right? right. So she gets a lot of... It's amazing, you know, you say you're uh, 34 and you're in charge of a hospital ward. What? Mm -hmm. That used to be my dream. I really had this dream. I wanted to buy 31 I wanted to be an attending physician and I got a really, it was a very clear vision of mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I meet her, I, I do feel two seconds of envy like, because yeah. that's still, I still have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think, you know what? I can still have that. Mm-hmm. I won't be as young as she is, mm-hmm. but she can never have what I have. Mm-hmm. If she realizes a bit later that, you know, it would have been nice that, she can't undo that, but I can still start at 40 and have this tar- being in charge of a ward and having all these people under me. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a very good point. You, you cannot fight biology too much. Of course, medicine developed um, and, and we can do certain things, but some things cannot be done, mm-hmm. right? But I can imagine that after having a very long period outside of your of the job market it's very hard to get back in mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's uh, that's true that's why it's a sacrifice and i say you 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 can't have both you can't but if you can approach that without getting bitter that's also the better for you and i think you can you can mitigate that by uh, having a plan having a good good strategy mm-hmm. And uh, becoming brave, because mm-hmm. most of it is fear. Yeah. Are you re- re-entering? What will they think of me? And because, mm-hmm. as we said, uh, we're devaluing motherhood. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't something valid that you did that you can talk about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Best not mm-hmm. mention like, mm-hmm. oh, I was, I was 15 years out, and I, you know, I was just a mom, and I didn't do anything. And then you try to just justify that and belitt- belittling it. I mean, most women don't have the, a top position in a law firm or they quit work and they go to become a stay-at-home mom when they're a manager at a consultancy. That's not most women. I, I think most women will have jobs where you, okay, you take a course, you, you, you make sure that you stay on top of the skills that you don't, you don't just sit at home and knit. That's not what I do. <laughs> well, right? I'm definitely not there. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a, but I think for most jobs, you can do it in such a way that you minimize the fear of re-entry. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean, but I also would highlight that they should also not be naive, like how easy mm-hmm. it is to get back in and also not to have the expectation that when you're out for like 10 years mm-hmm. that you can just re-enter and have, go on with your path. Yeah, you right? won't be at the same position as someone who didn't take a break. Exactly. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Exactly. Of course, you will then start at at least the level where you left. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. in another firm that's not as fancy mm-hmm. or in another position 
uh, but you will have qualities that others don't have. So at re-entry, you should really make sure that you highlight the qualities that you have built, mm -hmm. that you don't belittle what that what you've done, exactly. that you yeah. see the value in that, and then they will, will see it too. You make them. And uh, I also think some industries are better for that. Like in my world, mm. I just think that, for example, medicine, you have built skills and you have a knowledge that is still required in 10 years time you know um mm -hmm. of course you need to keep yourself updated maybe you do you know you visit courses and so ever but the yeah, foundation yeah, yeah. you've built i do that exactly mm -hmm. and the, but the foundation you've built still has value you know that mm -hmm. you that you bring and there are other industries when you miss 10 years let's say technology Mm -hmm. Like it develops so fast, right? So it's very hard mm -hmm. to keep up with the pace. So this is something we are here in this podcast to say, what should we tell our daughters, mm -hmm. right? And I would actually, um, this is one thing that should be considered in what industry do you want to work? What skills do you want to build? And yeah, very what, good point. What, very good point. how value is that in 10 years time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? That you, exactly that you set, set yourself up so that you have when it comes to it that your choice isn't that difficult mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. that you're aware that in fields like consultancy that in finance and that taking a 15 year break is uh is not is not great no and then you just do i mean that's why i think but but also i do want to say exactly those areas fields mm -hmm. are desperate for women They yes. will do anything, mm -hmm. right? So, and they also want to promote how, with the times that they are. So, uh, hiring someone who's been a stay-at-home mom and that's look at they would be paraded in front. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Is, um, you're you're there. I, I'm, I'm not, but I mean, I see it from the side. Yeah, but and, but of course, then you also, I mean, you don't want to be this woman for the quota. Right. Um, so, so you have those examples, and also you see that some other employees that they continued working and worked for the the past fifteen years, they have a certain bitterness than towards such examples, and I do understand why because you cannot you cannot make a career without working, and like mm -hmm. without having that experience, you cannot just miss out. Yeah, but you also point. have to put in those. 50, 60 hours that the other top exactly. execs do, which yep. is why they lament the lack of women there. Mm -hmm. the, for the life of them, they can't get women to stay in those positions mm -hmm. because we don't want to work ourselves to the bone when we're, right? <laughs> when we're getting to that point and when we have families, it's, it's, not, it's not what makes us happy. So it's, now we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, um, the choices that we could do. And I think... Um, Point being, there is not the right or wrong right now. Every decision has its consequences and we should just be a bit more aware about those before we do take those decisions, right? Be it mm -hmm. like my kid gets crazy when I'm not there. <laughs> I choose this now very, very blunt. Um, or be it like when I am not 15 years in the working environment I cannot have the same career as when I continue. Like all those mm. consequences, just be aware of it. But there's also the social pressure 
Right. That and that makes me so sad mm-hmm. when because I, I really have these uh, moments where I feel devalued when I'm being put in a box of just a housewife, just a mom, and and really awful experiences with uh, degrading comments and and uh, gosh, when I chose to to stop working and being home with my kids. Like it was, it was the the comments were 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 awful. Mm-hmm. They really were. If you're too highly educated to do this, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you you are um, devaluing uh, all the work of the all the feminists that came before you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the worst one I think was that I'm doing my daughter a disservice by not showing her that I'm doing both. Yeah. And that that was the yeah that was for me the worst. And um, I can't when imagine. I see that Eliana won't be able to say you know what what we what will you be when you grow up? I want to become a mom. Mm-hmm. What will she be told if she says that? You know I want to be like my mom and be a mom. Because she started saying that now, yeah. like because she just want to be like me, right? Yeah. You just mm-hmm. want to be mm-hmm. like your mom. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, and I thought. And I thought that was so nice. And then I got really sad because I realized when she says that in school, mm-hmm. what she's, what she's going to be. What do you think? Well, me being a daughter of a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't give you comfort on that because mm-hmm. for me personally, it was the best thing. And also, I think my mom knew that as well because... I I was a kid, I struggled in school and without my mom ha- spending so much time with me doing my homework, helping me, especially when I was like 16, I started really struggling because I started working mm-hmm. and and she was the one who got me through all of that Right. Um, and she had the time and the capacity to do it and now I am someone who thinks I will always have one foot in the working um, environment so I had a stay-at-home mom and I see the value that that brings but thank you yes but that means so much to yeah. you <laughs> to but, hear. but it is but it is yeah, yeah. and I think I think my brothers would feel totally the same and I think now as adults as you said um, maybe that's the, the 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 salary or the reward that you get then we are I speak now for my brother, so we are very close to my mother. With everything that is important to our life, we call our mom. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because she was the person yeah. that was always there. Yeah. But for others now, it's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Like what I do, like, don't you miss it? And and oh, I can't believe it. They really cannot believe it. It's, it's unimaginable mm-hmm. what I've done. Mm-hmm. And that I think is not—it's not a good development. In a, in, no. You know, it's not conducive to, to uh, having having a choice because I feel this social pressure is uh, is blocking mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If you would like to be a stay-at-home mom, it's you feel this. Oh, but I should stay a little bit. That that you're not you're not making your decision purely for the what's best for your family mm-hmm. as a unit mm-hmm. that you always you're afraid of the judgment and i wish that that judgment would go away the judgment i totally agree the thought judgment i totally agree and i just also think especially women are very quickly there to judge one another mm-hmm. 
doesn't matter what model you choose, you have women judging you. Mm. We also had women, you know, that went back to work 80 to 100% and other women judged them for saying, well, why did she have a kid? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so also there, and I wish we would live in, in a world, now it gets philosophical, but I wish we would live in a world where those judgments would not happen, where a woman could choose whatever she wants to do together with her partner mm-hmm. and live the life that is best for her, for right. her husband and for the kids. And whatever yeah. model that might be. And what's right? best for the kids also really should count a lot. I really think we should uh, think not just 15 or 30 years ahead. We're gonna, we, we want to ha- be surrounded by family when, when we're retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want them to be healthy and happy and uh, also resources to their community, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Not just sort of a byproduct of whatever we decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you've also mentioned to me once was, you know, that in a social environment, you felt like people were not interested in you as a person when they've heard that you are a housewife, right? Or a stay-at-home mom. Like, they would lose interest. And, right, right. Um, when surrounded by working women mm-hmm. or or working mothers mm-hmm. and that was conscious yeah. on their part it really was mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um yeah and it was very uncomfortable i think you know what i've just meant wanted to mention that it happened to me as well not because i am a, a housewife but because people would see my job not mm-hmm. as influential mm-hmm. as there was like People rather talk to someone that is actually someone in society that brings them a benefit at some point. Yeah, so we very right? much uh, judge people based on their productivity. Productivity, they, yes, yes. Not uh, what are you to the people around you. Yeah. What and are you to exactly. your community? Exactly, and like a nice person, a funny person, it's not enough. It's just, actually, I think, I actually, I think the opposite yeah. is the case. Being someone means more than having a pleasant character to talk to. You know what That's I mean? That's very well said. Right? Well, you're someone to me, Evelyn. <laughs> well, we just need a moment. Yeah, no, it's really... <laughs> exactly. Yes. But it, when did this start that we uh, devalued uh, motherhood? At some point, we just decided yeah. that that's not a worthy goal in and of itself. That that really makes me so sad and emotional. Yes. I mean, gradually that term housewife became tainted and the associations we, I think I can say, taught to make mm-hmm. was too dumb to do anything else. Yeah. Just another bored housewife. The bored, yeah, I'm anything but. And uh, then on the other end, the the desperate housewife who are just, you know, just silly, just drinking all day. And I don't think we can name three modern movies or or TV series where, you know, you have this positive betrayal of a happy and fulfilled woman Mm -hmm. who's a full-time homemaker with with her family's well-being as her primary objective. Yeah. Do you? I I really thought about that. And I I can't name you three. 
I just thought about the blind side. I'm not sure if, if Sandra Bullock is working there. I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. You managed. You mentioned one. Right? Yeah, well she, done. She was, yeah. But then, then you have Mad Men. And uh, it was just like all the men are cheating and all the women are just drinking. Yeah. And they're just, they're just, and everyone's, oh, everyone's women, miserable. Was it was it women of Stanford. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting that. The, the Step, Stepford Wives? Oh yeah, my. something like that, that, that where they became robots. Um, but I, I can't remember the story. But you know, one thing also, I mean, I, I, um, I think we value motherhood a lot. Um, but or not in the society, but the two of us do. But I still think that being a housewife is not a guarantee for happiness. I've also seen some women who stayed at home who are also struggling with that. Mm-hmm. A, of course, mm-hmm. from society, but also missing out things. I've heard of mm-hmm. stories, they are jealous of their husbands, not that they are having affairs, but what they, like how interesting their life is, mm-hmm. right? A, a, a man who is traveling and, and has mm-hmm. his career and the woman thinks, well, I'm just here with the kids, right? So so, right. so um, the point of missing, I think there are other frustrations and struggles mm-hmm. that comes with it as well. Absolutely. And also one thing I, I wanted mm-hmm. to mention, mm-hmm. stay-at-home mom, that is, was always my son, but also when I think of my mom, she never had breaks. It's like a 24-hour job and she doesn't have vacations. I, I remember we went on vacation and of course my father then could take a break. So after the vacation, my mom always said, go back to school. That's my vacation. That's the time that I came back, right? But it's a hard, hard job that I think comes with other challenges yeah. and frustrations, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's a full-time job. It frustrates mm-hmm. me a lot. When you made to think that you can be a full-time mom and work, I don't think that those two, not the way that I do it, that they go, that they go so easily hand in hand. And you have to, you have to, like I said, it's not something I just sit back and mm-hmm. I'm a housewife. Mm-hmm. Very active. Yeah. Right? I make a, a, a social network with people who also, they work very little, just some. And, so, and I have a schedule. Okay, on those days, I can call those people. And the other days, I don't know, other people. And uh, and really, like, I, I listen to lectures and so that I have a schedule. Mm-hmm. So I always keep, I can always talk to my husband about these this different things. And he's jealous of me because I can keep yeah. up to date with all these things. And he just have to sit in front of his computer and talk. Mm-hmm. Talk to people he doesn't want to talk to all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it really is. You have the 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 freedom uh, of self determination yeah. when you when you're a stay at home mom. You just mm-hmm. have to be clever. You have to schedule your time and be conscientious about it. Mm-hmm. Now, change of topics. No, back to the question where we're sitting here. So, what is the ideal situation for a woman? Then, I thought about it. And, of course, I tried to prepare an answer for this episode. It's not easy. <clears throat> but I tried to structure my my answer around three pillars. Mm. First one, personal development, which means education and career. That's absolutely important. Get an education. Then the second, relationships and community. Right. So finding the perfect part. Perfect. What is perfect? Yeah. Finding... A partner, but we will cover that in another yeah, episode, right? Yeah, I think it's a, you. You can't just do this. What I I think that I will really focus on uh, getting a partner 
to make this choice as easy as, as possible. We will make a whole episode out of that because it's Promise. so important. Not just any man can make this life a good one. Mm-hmm. Third pillar, that's um, physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we talked about a lot about how busy the schedule is. We talked about the IVF costs, right? That also comes to to to, to that. And I think we all just need to pay also attention on our health, mm-hmm. including exercising, nutrition. You know, we mentioned that already in another episode. Right. I think we cannot just forget about that. And with those three pillars, we need to manage our lives. Right. And it's a struggle for everyone. Yeah. I think <laughs> if I could just uh, reiterate something or clarify, I I absolutely don't think that all women should just be housewives and that everyone will be happy. <laughs> I hope that that's... I did not say that. Yeah. Right? It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm simply saying there are so many women who suffer now because they don't think far enough ahead and that we're not clear enough about the things that you won't have time for mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you start too late. Yeah. That we don't state clearly enough how important motherhood is to women in general. It's a very rare woman mm-hmm. who doesn't need that in her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And starting to think about that at 35 and getting stressed is not where I want to see my daughter. Which brings me exactly to almost final question. What should I tell my daughter? What is your take? I would say to her that career is not uh, sadly not going to be the fundamental thing that gives her meaning in life and uh, that, that that's going to be who she is to her family and the relationships she has in her life and uh, what she contributes to her community and that that contribution doesn't necessarily have to be a 50-hour week uh, fancy job and a title that sounds good at a dinner party. <laughs> That's a good one. For me, well, still difficult because I'm still in the process of making my own decisions, right? <laughs> but I have a general idea of what me and my partner would like to do. But you are an example for me that showed how plans can change after your first child. So my advice would be to try to find out a model together with your partner that works for both of you and that you don't completely give up your independence. That is just important important to me. But if it turns out that you're heading into the wrong direction over time, just make adjustments. Don't be too fixated on the model you've decided to begin with. And most importantly, don't judge any other women for the decisions she has made because I think that is one thing we all need to work on right Mm -hmm. good now that was heavy we come to the last segment Hannah you (laughs) know what what is what is coming towards your direction it's asking for a friend So, yeah, today I have prepared something fun. Mm -hmm. So, a topic that many of us probably faced in the work um, space at some point. 
How do you handle the delicate situation of telling a colleague that they smell bad? <laughs> what are some tips for approaching this sensitive subject in a professional and kind manner, Anna? <laughs> Evelyn, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> the, 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 the most fun thing is it's actually asking for a friend because I cannot smell. Right, you know. Ah. It's, so I never had that problem. If you are smelly, you can sit directly next to me, and I will never ever tell you. Because Good, so I that will be my solution. Just place anyone next to to Evelyn. Ah, <laughs> oh, just uh, this question. Wow. Okay. In today's climate, mm-hmm. I would say just be really careful. Be so careful. I, you know, um, you shouldn't lie, and you should be. I think others might say that, well, you're doing a favor if you tell someone that they Mm -hmm. smell bad and they can correct it. I think that would be the standard answer, that you're doing them a kindness by telling them. Mm -hmm. But today, professional environments are so focused on bullying and being sensitive. So I just think the likelihood of you getting into trouble by telling someone they stink is so high. If you came to me with this, Mm -hmm. as it's asking for a friend, so your friend is asking me this, I, I would don't risk it. Don't go and say, ah, this person stinks, so, you know, or you smell bad, because they can so easily make an HR case, and then you will be called out for bullying. I think realistically, that's what's going to happen. But if it's very bad, but smelling smelling badly, when I think about the people who who I've met who stink, (laughs) it's usually a symptom of just a, a, a bad situation, mm-hmm. right? That they, the, it's not the, the only thing in life that they don't have. Yeah, so I think that they, they, the likelihood that they have a lot of things they need to correct is then high, and that you can just say, oh, you know, maybe you should shower every day. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that would then solve it. No, but I think. I would, I'm just imagining it because what I did once was not, not, it's not um, the smell that I've criticized, right? It was the way of dressing. Um, How a woman, a young woman who came to Switzerland from Spain and she dressed not appropriately. So then you have that, a, a, Mm -hmm. a meeting room full of men, me and this Spanish lady. So of course everybody was was overwhelmed. They didn't know what to do. No. So I basically took her aside and had a conversation from woman to woman, and she really appreciated it. But she that wasn't really about did. smell. That, that, no, but but I mean, come on. When you tell someone you cannot dress the way you dress because it's inappropriate mm-hmm. to tell that a woman, ah, in so many cases, it's not going to fly well. Also in corporate yeah, environments, but, uh, right? Yeah, that was uh, well done of you, and I'm glad that it went well. Yeah. But, you know, any other person would see that as a way to uh, keep you from a coming promotion by going to HR. Yeah, maybe. Say, making yeah, a case, that, that, so that, that was risky. That's what I mean. it, it was risky, but I think it, it really comes down to personal relationships that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Are you in yeah. the place of saying it? Mm-hmm. Um, without hurting the other person so badly mm-hmm. that they want to harm you, right? Yeah. You should have a good, solid, working relationship before you can talk about such topics. Yeah. That's my take. 
I think that's that's probably right. Another thing you could do, like concrete advice, yeah, because usually offices have a policy, office oh, policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know from where I I was working, it's a very strict uh, how you should conduct yourself and dress and be mm-hmm. in a therapy room. Mm-hmm. So you can you can go to your boss or the HR to have them send out a, a memo. Mm-hmm. Have them send out that just a reminder to everyone, make sure that you you know, make sure that your body odor you shower are, every uh, day pleasant. Like the, the things like that's that's a good way of doing it. Oh, yeah. Or going through a third person if you don't have this relationship that you exactly. that you just exactly. said yeah. that you go to someone else or which is just uh, try to stick it out until you can that was the coffee mug <laughs> that you could change your that you don't have to sit next to this person yeah. or something That that's what I would tell my husband just try to position yourself differently by all means don't create a a, a thing mm-hmm. or go to, to if it's really that you cannot stay you have to be placed mm-hmm. somewhere else mm-hmm. I don't know if you don't have open floor plan or something then go to someone else don't create a thing because people don't think it's a personal thing Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not something that you can just oh dress dress differently like the the example that you said Mm -hmm. it's sort of easily done okay right yeah but i'm Mm -hmm. thinking okay what smells good you need to go to the dentist right or it's a cultural thing Mm -hmm. very often that they usually uh, cases of personal of odors yeah isn't solved by just oh so i need to shower every day <laughs> that's is that what you do <laughs> that's not... cool. so i think i think we need to end with that <laughs> this was the worst Thank asking you. for a quick question <laughs> and i hope it gets better after this oh so, thanks we... guys think... for listening <laughs> and next during the next episode We will cover more the financial aspects of that question that we've discussed today. I hope it was interesting for you. And as every time, we're uh, super happy to hear also your feedback. Write us. 